we're all both the hero in someone's story and the villain in someone else's. And the sooner that we can accept that, the better. When we accept that about ourselves, we're less likely to be pointing a finger at everybody else and being judgmental when we need to go inward sometimes and recognize that sometimes we're the bad guy. The impact of our actions can sometimes leave a very different impression than our best intentions may have meant. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, writer, and speaker with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. We boldly explore relationships, connection, and the nuances and complexities of the human experience with compassion, honesty, and a sense of humor. With both solo episodes and highly curated guests sharing incredible stories, experiences, and expertise, the Room to Grow podcast takes the entire idea of growth to the next level all while covering the uncomfortable topics many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And listen, I'm going to warn you, I woke up extra spicy today. (laughs) So this could be interesting. (laughs) I think I also need to record some reels today because I'm having ideas flood through me. And so if you see any, if you follow me on Instagram, um, over at Emily Goff Coach, if you don't already, I suggest you do so. Because if you start seeing some reels pop up where you're like, wow, she was extra spicy today, I probably recorded them today. (laughs) Not that this is the only time I wake up feeling this way, but you know. Okay, on on to all of the things. Um, So today we've got a big topic. And as I was putting together this episode, I thought it was going to be a relatively short episode. And then I thought of more and then a little more. And then I started digging into more of the science and I added more of that. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about, uh, and and this is all going to tie together. We're we're going to be talking about communication, but also the differences between intent versus impact. We are going to be talking about uh, the power of our language and our words and how emotions are actually incredibly contagious. And there's some really fascinating science with that that I want to share with you. I'm going to share uh, some personal stories as well. Really, really excited about this one. It's going to be so much fun. So (laughs) buckle up and uh, some quick housekeeping stuff before we dive in. Um, I have my both my men's group starting on February 1st. I had to push it back slightly because I'm just finishing up um, a nine month long course and I've got some some coursework to finish uh, with that in order to graduate from it. So I pushed back things to just make sure that I felt really good about making sure that I had everything covered. So February 1st is when the men's group is starting. Um, and the women's group, my women's group Becoming You is starting on February 7th. I already have somebody registered for it as well. I'm really excited about that. So make sure to go sign up for that. Uh, Let me know if you have any questions. All the details are over in the show notes. And I'm also sending out an email uh, moving forward every single Sunday. So these are just like a quick, uh, quick notes, thought, idea, maybe quick story. Um, I'm keeping them relatively short and it's just me popping into your inbox with uh, something fun for you to check out. So I've gotten really great feedback about them so far. Uh, If you want those, make sure to sign up as well. Um, Everything is in the show notes. So, or jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. All the information is over there. You can also always reach out to me as well and I can direct you wherever you want to go. Okay. (laughs) So let's dive into this today. So I have talked about this briefly on the podcast before, but I felt that it was really worth diving into more around the difference between intent and impact. And this is really important because 
And actually, we're also going to be talking in this episode about uh, the idea of whether you can make someone feel something or feel anything. Okay. Because that, that ties in with this as well. So intent versus impact. Here's the thing about intent. Intent is we can have the best intentions in the world when we deliver something to someone. When, when we show up in a particular way, when we uh, communicate a certain way, when we say a certain thing, we can also say the thing in our heads. And then as it comes out, we realize as we're saying it, that it doesn't sound the way that we thought it would. Uh, we've all had that experience. <laughs> so we can have the best of intentions. That's great. But on the other side of that is the impact that our action has. So with every action, there is an equal reaction, right? And sometimes on the other side, the impact of whatever our action was or our words or whatever it was, it can land very differently than we intended it. And we have to be incredibly conscious of this, incredibly conscious of it. Because if I say something with good intentions, but it deeply hurts or harms someone else, that's an impact that I want to be made aware of. We have to take responsibility and ownership of that. Now, if if I have a conversation with somebody and I say something and then they, they let me know that I really hurt them in some way, there's also the debate of if we had no idea what the other person was going through or experiencing, is it really ours to take responsibility for? Well, I would still argue yes. In, in most cases, obviously, there's going to be certain context with this. But in a lot of cases, I would argue that it is still our responsibility to take ownership of that because every single human in the world is coming coming to the table with their own unique experience and and way of seeing the world. They have, a, every one of us has our own childhood um, stories, uh, cultural differences, language, uh, experiences in the world. Like everything we undergo shapes us, sometimes even very unconsciously. And it changes the way that we show up in the world. And that's why one of the biggest things that I teach is around compassion and curiosity and asking questions and being open to receiving the answers on the other side of answering those questions, because that is what will allow us to grow. That is what will gift us with a greater understanding of the world, a greater understanding of the human experience, and a greater understanding of the person that we are conversing or in relationship with, no matter what type of relationship it is. I actually go into this, um, uh, I'll look up the episode number, all about an episode I did around emotional translation. That's a really important episode to listen to in conjunction with this one because I go into a lot more detail on that. But this is something that we need to really pay attention to is impact versus intent. And I would argue that the impact is greater, is, is more important than the intent. Intent matters. Intention matters. In everything that we do, intention matters. Do not underestimate me here do, or do not, do not misunderstand or misconstrue what I'm saying here. Intention matters and intent matters. The energy that we show up with matters, but the impact matters more. We could even use an example like, um, let's say that you're on a swing, okay? And your intent is to, you know, you know, when you're a little kid and I've done this as an adult too, <laughs> it's actually making me want to, want to go do this. When you're on, on a swing, like a, a swing set and you kind of go flying through the air and then you stick the landing, right? Great. Like that's a lot of so fun. You, you have that, that quick moment of adrenaline where you fly through the air a little bit and then you stick the landing. 
Great. So that's your intent is to stick the landing. If you smash your face in and you don't stick the landing, <laughs> that is a very physical form of an impact that is going to uh, not be so fun. And then which mattered more, the intent or the impact? <laughs> That's one of the best examples that's coming to mind to me right now of like intent versus impact. Which one hurts more? In that situation, the impact is going to hurt a hell of a lot more than the intent did. You had the best intentions. It didn't fucking matter because on the other side of that, something very different went down. Okay. So think of that <laughs> when we're also in conversation with people and and when we are in relationship with people, the intent and the impact, they're two very different things. They both hold weight, but the impact, I would argue, matters a lot more. Okay. So this is really important. And this also ties in with the energetic weight and, and intention and power of our words and of our language. And this came up in uh, my men's group. And we were talking about the different energetic weights that come with particular words. And I was tying this in with um, how we speak to ourselves too, because that's, that's a really common theme that comes up with every single person I work with. Um, that's one of the biggest things that I actually end up working with people on a lot is how we view ourselves, the lens with which we view ourselves, the way we treat ourselves, the, the way that we talk to ourselves. Again, the language piece, right? And the language that we use matters. It matters in such a significant way. And listen, there's there's different types of communication here too, okay? So there's verbal communication, so language, you know, words, body language, and then the energetic way with which we communicate. This is how I teach around communication is that there are three different types of communication, verbal, body language, like physical, and energetic. And when it comes to our words, Words can heal or they can harm. And yes, both our, our words and our physical language speak for us. But our words can lift someone up or they can cut someone down to nothing. And there are words and phrases that people may have said to you or said to any of us in the past where there are things that we'll remember for the rest of our lives, sometimes for the better, sometimes not so much. And it also, it, it, these, these, the language that we use and, and with ourselves and with others, they plant seeds for more stories. They plant seeds for stories to grow. So what stories do you want to grow again for yourself or for someone else? What stories do you want to grow? Let's, let's look at the word uh, failure. For example, I, I really like playing with this word sometimes with people because so often we can beat ourselves up. We give ourselves a really hard time, you know, thinking about failure and how something didn't go the way we wanted it to or whatever it is. What if we started thinking about failure as lessons or courage because you had the courage to do the thing even though you ended up potentially failing, but did you really fail if you learned something from it? And then that ends up being the breeding ground for all of the successes that, that come into your life as a direct result. When we think of failure that way, it changes the way we view it. It changes the way it feels to us. And let me be very clear with you. The words that we use, please understand the energy the energy that 
our words carry, again, including to ourselves. And if you are using harsh words, including with yourself, they are like bullets. Please be mindful of the way that you speak to yourself because you are far more powerful than you think that you are. And the words that we use are far more powerful than we can possibly even fathom in some instances. So you can even make this a game, make this a challenge with yourself where when you're using certain words, ask yourself how that word feels for you. Like if you were putting that word on as an outfit, (laughs) this sounds weird, but this is just what's popping into my head right now. How would it feel for you? Would you feel confident and excited to put it on and look in the mirror and be like, damn, I look good today. (laughs) Or would you put it on and you would feel awful about yourself? And you'd be uncomfortable and it would feel like it was weighing you down and restricting you. Like you couldn't move. This is why we're leggings all the time. (laughs) But do you know what I'm saying? Like this, we have to really be mindful of this. We have to be conscious of this. And there are words that can help us change how we view and think about ourselves and and the situations that have perhaps hurt or, or negatively impacted us in the past. And, and all of these can also shape the, the labels that we identify ourselves with and wrap around ourselves. I go into a lot of detail around that in episode 310. I highly, highly recommend that episode. I've gotten incredible feedback about that one. It's actually one of my, my favorite, I think one of my personal favorite episodes about losing the labels that keep us small and expanding into real freedom. Okay, so that's that's your homework from this episode is to go listen to that episode. And between that one and this one, I think that you may start to really shift how you start speaking to yourself and being even more mindful of the way that you speak to others. It's really, really important. And for these types of communication, 70 to 90% of our communication is nonverbal, nonverbal. There's everything that we're saying, and then there's everything that we're not saying out loud, but that our body language and energy is saying for us, whether we like it or not. And I have always been incredibly transparent. <laughs> like, I I don't know if I could lie if my life depended on it. Like, I, I am incredibly transparent. Um, let me put it this way. People know if I don't like them. <laughs> And it's not even necessarily because I'm like, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not rude exactly. At least I, I, I try not to be. I know that there are instances where I have been, but generally these days I, I'm not outwardly or, or purposely rude, but it's very clear in my body language, like very clear. And, and I, I, I don't even really, I have difficulty changing that in myself, but I am conscious of it because I, I study this stuff, this stuff so significantly, I am very aware of it. And it is something that I have to try and soften within myself. But body language, like, like these things are important. And I'm not talking about some things just like crossing your arms or stuff like that. That's a lot of the stereotypical uh, old, old school information that we had around body language and um, detecting deception and all those things. That's actually bullshit. Like a lot of that stuff has actually been disproven. It's so much more nuanced and and uh, subtle than that in a lot of ways. But our brains are still picking up on these things all the time, whether we realize it or not. So things like body movement and posture, facial expressions, eye contact, hand gestures, tone of voice, right? 
they all contribute to how we communicate and understand each other. If I think of it this way, and, and you are literally only hearing this. So you were not even seeing my face. So you can't read any of my other uh, body language right now. But if I say the same thing to you in two different tones, you, you tell me what you think of this. You look so pretty today. You look really pretty today. <laughs> Again, guys, I'm just, I'm tired today and I'm spicy. And these are just the things that are, these are the examples that are popping into my head. But there was a big difference there. The, the first one, it sounded more genuine. At least that was what I was trying to get across. Uh, <laughs> but the second one sounded either resentful or bored or uh, inauthentic, not actually meaning what I was saying. You know, like these are the things that we have to pay attention to. The way we carry ourselves matters. It matters. And then when it comes to the energetic side of communication, a huge part of how we communicate is through our energy, how we live and what we do. And this is why on this podcast, I talk so much about values and following through on incorporating our values into every area of our life and staying in integrity. Because when we are out of integrity, you've heard me say this before, it creates energetic leaks in our lives that spread into other areas. This is really, really important. Learning to become energetically attractive too, because the things that are left unsaid weigh us down and they keep us carrying a heavy weight of unfulfilled expectations. This is why we need to communicate. We need to use our words. We need to we we need to do the inner work so that then that actually speaks for us without ever having to say or do anything. It speaks for us. Your energy radiates from you whether you are conscious to it or not. And when you are coming from a place of true authenticity, that you're not going to have to pretend anything. The the every your energy will speak for you in powerful powerful ways. I also go into that a little bit more uh, in the episode. I can't remember the number, but again, it'll be in the show notes. I always have. Um, I always tell everybody this. I always, if you want something else to listen to in this podcast, I know it can be a little bit overwhelming when you see how many episodes I have. So go check out the show notes. And I always have um, other episode ideas for you that tie in really well with whatever you're listening to on this one. Okay, so go check that out. There's an episode about how to become wildly magnetic. And I go more into how to become more energetically attractive, like, but in a genuine way. This isn't, this isn't bullshit. This isn't like acting or pretending to be something that, that we're not. This is learning how to do the things where it actually just becomes natural for you to ju- just show up as you, as you, not, not pretending to be anybody else or to be something that you're not, just to allow the truest essence of yourself to shine through it, it, with uh, effortlessly, completely effortlessly to allow your natural effervescence to come through. So I strongly recommend checking that one out because that alone, doing that work alone, not only will it make your life feel so much healthier and happier and more joyful and more fulfilled and more at peace, but it will actually radically shift your relationships for the better. And I want to tie this in with making, so-called making, someone feel something, okay? 
this can be this can be a little bit of a debate in the personal development world because in most personal growth circles the idea is that you cannot make or force anyone to feel anything and i understand the point being made with that and i i think i've even uh, stated that on this podcast in in prior episodes at some point too and i even agree with that up to a point but as i continue to learn and and continue to gain more perspectives of the world if we're going to take a more well-rounded and nuanced approach here, because that's what we do around here, <laughs> we have to examine things like intent versus impact, right? And we also need to we also need to really look at instances, and, and I have various examples here playing different sides of the argument, so bear with me. We also, we also have to look at instances where someone is intentionally perhaps manipulating or gaslighting uh, somebody or is intentionally, intentionally using deeply hurtful words against someone. Like, again, if nothing else in this episode, <laughs> and for anyone listening, like, we're all past the point of thinking that words don't matter. Okay, we know this. We know that, that words matter, that language matters. And what about the instances where someone does something to actually purpose purposely make you feel a particular way right what do we do in that in that situation and and one way of thinking about it i was actually researching uh some stuff around relationships on on google the one day and i always like checking out um you know how google gives you the the uh related questions like if you're searching this then it gives you like six or seven questions that other people search that were similar to that I always like exploring those because I think that it's really interesting. And one of the questions uh, that came up was around how to make a man miss you or fall in love with you or be addicted to you or whatever. <laughs> and I kind of rolled my eyes because like I, I've seen those kinds of things before and I always brush them aside thinking like, why the hell would anyone actually fall for that and think that it's real? <laughs> and like, I, I don't, I just, I don't understand that. And why would you want to make someone fall in love with you or whatever, if that doesn't feel real, right? Like it, it feels, it feels like manipulation to, to me anyway, but I've seen those types of questions, um, you know, like, like years ago, like in cosmopolitan and stuff, like when I was a teenager, we, we've seen that stuff before. And I, I've seen those types of questions often enough that clearly there are people out there who are thinking about it enough to actually try and learn the, the action steps, whatever those are to try and make those things happen. But to me, it's it's manipulation. And if you successfully so-called make anyone feel something for you or do something for you, it's going to be a bitter reward because you will know even subconsciously that it's not coming from a genuine place. It might be genuine on the other person's part with the information that you have allowed them to have about you or about the relationship or whatever. But you won't feel truly and genuinely seen or cared for because you haven't allowed yourself to be seen in all that you are. And instead, in that type of, of instance, you've offered someone a very deliberate and guarded view of certain portions of you rather than who you really are as a human in all of your messy, beautiful entirety. And you'll know that that isn't real. You will feel the results of that. You will feel the results of that. There was actually a story um, about Steve Jobs. And it was, it was a story about him painting a fence when he was a kid. And his dad uh, taught him to, to make all kinds of great things. 
And and once they were painting a fence and he said, you've got to make the back of the fence, the part that nobody will see, look just as good as the front of the fence. Because even though no one will see it, you will know. And that that's how I approach everything that I teach when it comes to human connection and relationships. That's how I approach it. Because it has to come from a genuine place. That even if someone like peeled back uh, a particular layer of you, I don't mean literally, <laughs> metaphorically, <laughs> even if someone peeled back uh, uh, that, that, uh, like, that layer of you and, and saw into you more deeply, they would see that you are exactly who you seem to be. I want that for all of us. And that's something that we always have to be striving towards. That's not an end destination. We don't reach some point where we're like, okay, I'm good now. And uh, yeah, I'm exactly who I, who I seem to be and all the things. Because we're, we're always going to be continuing to evolve. If, if, you, if you were uh, still, like think back to your 20-year-old self, right? Compared to whatever age you are now. Or, or just some version of you like 10, 20, 30 years ago. If, if that, that person is not who you are today, that person is not who you are today. So this is a journey that we have to continuously embark upon and go inward and be like, am I in, in integrity? Is this still true for me? There are statements, for example, like, like the one I just said earlier, where I have stated certain things on this podcast, where as I have grown and evolved, certain things I said, maybe they were true for me at the time. They, they were definitely true for me at the time, but they might not be true for me now, or they might not be as true for me now because I have, I might still agree with aspects of that, but I've learned other things since then that have expanded my worldview and gotten me to think about things in a little bit different way. And it's the same thing for any of us. And the other, the other part of, of all of this, and this is where I kind of wanted to get into the science of it a little bit is that you can absolutely make someone feel a certain kind of way. Again, this can come back to manipulation. This can come back to all kinds of things. I know that there are instances in my past where like, like you know, younger versions of me where I wanted to make somebody feel bad about something or, um, you know, and, and it'd be like guilt trip people or there are all kinds of instances where I can think of because we're human. We all do this at one point or another. And it's not to say that I'll never do it again. I, I hope that I will not at least certainly not do it the way that I may have at one point. I don't think that I would because I, I've learned and grown so much, but we are human beings. We will all have instances of doing this at some point or another. And sometimes we can go into a particular, sometimes it's more subconscious. Absolutely. But sometimes there are instances where we are very conscious to what we are doing and how we are about to make someone feel. And we do it anyway. And every one of us will go through this. And so, yes, we can absolutely make someone feel a certain kind of way. We can also potentially get to know someone where um, we really know where where their soft spots are. Or I, I, I there was an instance um, that I heard of this recently where someone that I know went went through a less than ideal breakup and um, the former partner made some comments to to the to my friend about things that they just they knew would hit them really hard and and leave a mark not a physical mark but an emotional mark we've all experienced that we we all have wounding from from experiences like that one 
And we're all both the hero in someone's story and the villain in someone else's. And the sooner that we can accept that, to recognize and accept that about ourselves, the better. Because when we accept that about ourselves, we're less likely to be pointing a finger at everybody else and being judgmental when we need to go inward sometimes and recognize that sometimes we're the bad guy. Sometimes we are. Despite our best intentions, the impact of our actions can sometimes leave a very different impression than our best intentions may have meant. This is why this is so related to this conversation around intent versus impact. Not only that, emotions are contagious. Emotions are contagious. If you, you've probably heard of something called mirror neurons. And they're the brain cells that respond in an equal manner when we see someone else behave or, or perform a, a certain way. So even something as simple as smiling. This, this scientific phenomenon has been proven again and again and again. When we see another human smiling, we are more likely to smile ourselves. Even without consciously realizing it, our faces start to form a smile. Our faces start to form a smile. We even see this in infants. When, when they see the people around them smiling at them, they are more likely to smile. And mirror neurons are the basis of the human capacity for emotions like empathy. And they dissolve the barriers between us to promote the undeniable connection between all of us. We are all interconnected. And this is why the work around connection is so important. Because the, the more work we can do around gaining a better understanding of self and how we show up in the world and the impact that we have on others we can also start to better understand and appreciate how others are showing up. And that will, again, expand our worldviews. And it just, it continues to grow and evolve and expand so that we can experience the fullness of this life that we are here to have. And things like emotional contagion, they, they spread for two, emotional contagion spreads for two reasons, okay? Number one is that we are biologically hardwired to outwardly mimic others. Again, like the mirror neurons are a great example of that. Number two is that we benefit from adopting the inward state of others. Because from an evolutionary perspective, we are tribal creatures. And, and we don't want to be the outlier group because that would mean a lack of belonging and acceptance. And ultimately death. Again, from an evolutionary perspective here, that's what that would mean. So we benefit from from adopting the the emotional state that the others around us are experiencing and this is really fascinating because when it comes to emotional contagion we have a tendency to catch and feel emotions that are similar to and associated with those of others so we often have a tendency to mimic and synchronize facial expressions, uh, vocalizations, even back to the body language piece, like postures, movements with those of another person. That's also been shown as a really beautiful way to build trust with people. If you've never experienced that, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you have, but you may not potentially have been conscious to it. So now you can maybe pay attention to it. If you feel deeply connected with someone, we will often start to even totally subconsciously mimic their movements. Like if, if they pick up their glass uh, to have a drink of water, we pick up our glass to have a drink of water and vice versa. 
hand gestures, uh, yawning. <laughs> Although I think there might be a little, actually yawning maybe is a bad example because I think there's other other potentially scientific phenomenons with that, but I'd need to double check on that one. But just like head tilt, um, again, smiling, facial expressions. There's so many ways that this plays out and, and we do it very automatically. But what's even more fascinating is when we look at things like, um, like particular emotions like happiness. Okay. So our friends and our friends, friends, and our friends, 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 if you can wrap your mind around that, affect our happiness. So we actually have, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation, the Kevin Bacon thing, the whole thing, right? However, so six degrees of separation is true. And there's also the three degrees of influence. And this is the piece that not many, not as many people know about. Happy and unhappy people tend to cluster among themselves. Again, I, I'm just speaking the science here. This is this is not opinion. This is scientific fact. This is based in, in science. And when it comes to the three degrees of influence, what it means is that we're actually affected by people that we don't even know. So we've all heard the saying about, you know, you were the sum of the, the five people that you surround, the five closest people you surround yourself with, or however that's usually phrased. But what's fascinating about that is that we're actually, if we look at it from the standpoint of three degrees of influence, we're affected by people that we don't know and that we aren't surrounded by physically. But because of the degrees of influence, we're still affected by them. So when it comes to how much other people's happiness affects us, at one degree of separation, so this is the people directly around you that you know very well, if if they're all happy, you are 15% more likely to be happy. At two degrees of separation, you are the, the people, so this is your friend's friends, okay? <laughs> if they're happy, you are 10% more likely to be happy. And at three degrees of separation, so these are your friends, 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 you are 6% more likely to be happy. Whereas each unhappy friend decreases the likelihood of happiness by 7%. 7%. Now, the caveat that I want to add to that, because I think that everyone can have a little bit of a panic moment when they hear that and be like, shit, I had a bad, a, a bad week or a bad month or potentially even a bad year last year. Like, am I the problem? No, no. <laughs> I, I think that we need to take a little bit more nuanced approach to this because everyone is going to go through hard times. Okay. Every single one of us is going to experience pain, suffering, go through hard moments. I have, trust me, I've very much experienced that in the last, in the last several years and gone through phases of that. And yeah, sometimes if, if you have someone in your circle or if you yourself are going through a really rough time, and, and a deep depression or anything like that, yes, that can have some negative impacts on, on a friendship. But I, I believe that the, the Gottmans have research around um, positive versus more negative uh, interactions. And, and their research is more based on romantic couples. But I would think, and this is, this is just me making a generalization, but I, I believe um, so don't quote me on this part of the science, but I believe that, that that would also apply in some instances to other types of relationships and, and friendships. So the, the Gottmans tend to feel that their research shows that uh, you want to have five, I think it's at least five positive. If I'm wrong, I'm going to go back and double check on this one because I don't have this stat in front of me. So I will double check this when I jump off. If I'm mistaken about this, I will correct it in the show notes. 
Um, you want to have five positive interactions for every negative one because the negative one can have a bigger impact. <laughs> Again, we're going back to impact versus intent. Uh, it can have a bigger impact. So we want to build up like the relational bank account, basically, so that when we do have the withdrawal with a more negative interaction, we've, we're not going into overdraft. We've got all kinds of extra there. We're solid. We're good. We, we've, got, we've got the cushion there that we need. That's really important. I believe that that would be the same with a lot of our relationships. And sometimes, sure, we are potentially going to uh, reach the, the, a little closer to the bottom of the bank account if we're going through a tough time. But I also think that it's really important that as long as you are doing what you can to um, still show up, you know, just just to show up and and to have interactions with people and um, to stay connected. This is the the answer. The solution to this is not if you're having a bad time to just not speak to humans. Okay, (laughs) that is not at all what I want you to take away from this this portion of this episode around emotional contagion. That sense of connection is actually what will help you to heal and and help you to feel more deeply connected and help you to learn things about yourself. We Yes, we need to do our own healing work on our own and we also heal in relationship. So that's really, really important to remember. But I just thought that some of this science was was really fascinating to tie into this conversation. And if nothing else, I just want you to take away from this how fucking powerful you are to step into your own power, to recognize things like the differences between intent versus impact, and to, to be able to put your ego aside when it is presented to you that you may have had the best intentions, but that the impact was not what you had wanted it to be. And to learn and grow from those experiences, to pay attention to the language that we're using, uh, both in terms of the actual verbal words that we are using, even with ourselves, even with ourselves, and to also notice the way we are communicating with our body language, with our energy, to take note of making so-called people feel a particular way and the various ways that we can look that. So the next time you hear a personal growth guru talking about like, you can't make someone feel something that can be true. That might also be very untrue in certain instances as well. Look for the nuance. Look for the subtleties. Look for the, the ways that you can expand your worldview and not see things through such a narrow lens. And you'll find some really cool things waiting for you on the other side of that. Okay. So thank you so much for listening. I know I was a little bit spicy today and went, <laughs> I feel like I went a little bit off the rails a little bit, but hopefully you got as much out of this episode as I am hoping. And thank you so much for listening. Let me know how this goes. I would love to hear how this maybe changes something for you or how it shifts uh, a particular belief that you might have. I really, really love hearing, hearing from you. So send me a DM over at Emily Goff Coach or shoot me an email at info at Emily Goff Coaching. And thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. you so much for listening. If you want more, one of the most common questions I get is where to even begin to start doing this work to create deeper connections and better relationships. I've got a free 15 page guide for you called where do we begin? 
This is the very foundations that you need to start to build healthy relationships with others and with yourself. This is my gift to you and multiple people have referred to it as life-changing. <laughs> you can find it over at roomtogrowpodcast.com or check the show notes to go download it and have it sent straight to your inbox. Thanks so much and stay tuned for more episodes weekly.